Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Christ Fellowship. My name's Rick, and I serve as one of the teaching pastors here. And I'm excited today because we are going to be continuing our series from the book of Colossians. The series is entitled The Perfect Selfie. And Pastor Omar, by the way, who's been doing an amazing job at teaching us the Word of God, I look forward to listening to him every weekend. But he's asked me to tackle chapter 3, verse 13 which is a powerful text. So I'd encourage you to read along with me as I read Colossians chapter 3. Then we'll come back and unpack it. The Bible says this. It says, If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive, watch this, as or like the Lord forgave you. And then Jesus gave us this warning in the book of Luke. He said this to his disciples. Offenses, that's a key word offenses will certainly come. Well, stop right there, and I want to set things up today by sharing this with you. A few weeks back, I was in my hometown of Rock Hill, South Carolina, and uh, while I was there, I paid a visit to Northwestern Senior High School, which, by the way, is the high school from which I graduated, and it's also where I ran track. In fact, while I was there at the high school, I walked out to the track and started jogging around the track. And as I did, the memories of sprinting, the memories of running just came flooding back into my memory. Now, just stay with me because you recall, I I, I started out my track and field days by trying out for the men's 4x100 relay, which is a sprint-type race. And to my shock, I made the team. However, for only about two weeks, I wasn't fast enough, so I got cut. However, I didn't give up on the sprint-type races. So I tried out for the men's 100-meter high hurdles, which is a lot like the 100-meter sprint with this exception. There are these fence-like barriers that are called hurdles that are in your way. They're in your path. In fact, in fact, there's not just one of these hurdles. There's 10 of them. They're about 42 inches high. There are 10 of them, and they sort of block your way to the finish line. And so, folks, what you have to do to get to the finish line is you have to hurdle over each one of them, or put another way, you have to get over it. You have to hurdle over it. You have to get over it. Over it. In fact, in fact, if you can't get over it, you will trip, you will fall and fall flat on your face. And folks, for all intent and purposes, at that point, the race is over. So the key to success is every fence that you face, you've got to get over it. Every fence that you face, you've got to get over it so you can get on with it and finish the race. One more thought. Here's what I found. It's not easy to get over it. In fact, a lot of times it can be hard to get over it because there are skills that you have to learn to get over it. To get over it, there are muscles that you have to develop to get good at getting over it. Now, folks, let me turn a corner and bring that over to your life and my life. Because what an image of the offenses that you and I face in life. And by that, I mean, just like I 
faced these, these fences and I had to get over each one of them to go on with the race, just like that, in your life and in my life, we will face offenses. People are going to offend you. They're going to offend me. And when they do, when they do, we actually have two choices. When somebody offends us, we can become offended by the offense and get tripped up. Or we can make a choice to just get over it, to just get over it. So with that in mind, this is my proposition today. When people offend you, God doesn't want you to become offended. In other words, God doesn't want you to get tripped up by the offense and become offended to the contrary, to the contrary. God wants you to just get over it. Now, you might be asking and thinking, Rick, wait, what? How could God be so insensitive? I mean, you don't know how this person offended me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know how she embarrassed me. You don't know how they slandered me. You don't know how they sabotaged my career. You don't know how they gossip about me. You don't know how they hurt me. You don't know how they offended me. You don't know how they mistreated me. You don't know how they plagiarized me. Why would I want to just get over it? And even if I did want to get over it, how do I just get over it? Well, folks, I love it because in this text we're going to look at today, Jesus tells us why we should get over it, and he tells us how we should get over it. Jesus shows us some skills, if you will, for getting over it. He, he helps us develop the muscles in our minds, in our will, for getting over the offenses that people may bring our way. We're going to talk about why you should do it, how you should do it. So with that in mind, I want to give you two points as we unpack this text in the book of Colossians. Number one, here's what you need to know about offenses. Offenses will come. Offenses will come. Now, with that in mind, listen to our text in verse 13. God says, if any of you has a, and here's a key word, a grievance against someone. Let's stop right there. Because the word grievance is a translation of the, of the Greek word mumfe, which means, which means to be grieved by some sort of an offense. In other words, somebody has offended you and now you're offended. And what you want now is to get even with them. What you want now is vengeance. You don't want to show mercy. You don't want to just get over it. In fact, what you really want to do is you want to get even with that person because they've offended you. They hurt you. But with that in mind, I want you to listen to the advice of Jesus, the advice of the Word of God. And by the way, if you're not a Christian, Jesus, Jesus is going to talk to us, those of us who are his followers about how we should handle offenses. But even if you're not a believer, this is just good advice. So listen to what he says in verse one of chapter 17. He said to his disciples, offenses will certainly come. In other words, Jesus is saying, you need to expect it. It's a part of life. And by the way, Jesus is talking here to those of us who are his followers. And he's telling us, I want you to do great things in your life. I have a plan for you. I have a mission that I want you to accomplish. But if you're going to do great things in this world, what he's saying is you're going to face great offenses. It's a part of the territory. To put it spiritually, with each new level, there comes brand new devils <laughs> to try to offend you. And the point is, 
you're going to get, you're going to face offenses. People will try to offend you. People you love will do things to offend you. People in your family, people that you work with, people that you go to school with, people that you date, people on the highways. Offenses will come. And they will come at you like barriers down a track, one after another, after another, after another. And folks, here's what we need to know about offenses. Write this down as A, B, and C. A, offenses can trip you up. Offenses can trip you up. Listen again to what Jesus said. He said to his disciples, offenses will certainly come. Now stop there. Because Jesus uses the word offenses. And um, let me tell you, it is an explicit term. In fact, it's a translation of the Greek word scandalon, and it means, it literally means some offense that trips you up. It means some offense that, that trips you up and stops your forward progress. Which, by the way, folks, is exactly what Satan wants to do in your life. You see, again, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your future. He has a plan for your marriage. He has a plan for your family. He has a fa- plan for your job. And your future that God has before you is before you like a finish line on a track. And God is saying, you are here for a reason. I want you to, to run the race and do what you've been put here to do and finish what you've been put here to do. The book of Hebrews says, let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us to get to that finish line. Folks, have no illusions. Satan wants to take the offenses that people bring to you and leverage those to trip you up in the mission that God has called you to. And worse than that, write this down as B, offenses can stop you from finishing your mission from doing what you've been put here to do. Jesus said to his disciples, offenses, scandalon, offenses that are designed to trip you up will certainly come. Tell you what, back to my track days, because I got got cut from the high hurdles. And here's why. I just couldn't get over it. I wasn't tall enough or whatever. I, I just couldn't clear that fence. And so what would happen is every time I would come to the fence, I couldn't get over it and I would trip and I would fall flat on my face. And I would lay there on the track and watch my opponents running toward the finish line. I would watch them finish and it was just painful for me to watch. But folks, the fences continued to trip me up. The fences stopped me over and over again from doing what I was on the track to do, which was to make it to the finish line. But I just couldn't get over it. Now, folks, what an image of what happens when we can't get over an offense. What an image of what happens when when we can't forgive our offender and can't forget the offense Because when we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, the pain that is there and the hurt turns to anger eventually. And the anger goes to bitterness and the bitterness then turns to hatred. And this hate then begins to to interfere as it were from you going down the track. It keeps tripping you up. Folks, I don't have to tell you that 
that if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, it will take a toll on you and it will take a toll on the people around you. It'll take a toll on your relationships. It'll take a toll on your energy. It'll take a toll on your health. It'll take a toll on your, your willpower. And again, eventually it will trip you up if you can't get over the offense and it will stop you from pursuing what God wants you to do because you won't be going forward. You'll be stuck in the past. By the way, I got cut from the high hurdles because I couldn't get over it. I won no medals. But can I tell you this? When it comes to getting, I couldn't get over this fence. <laughs> but let me tell you this. When it comes to get o- getting over offenses, I got a gold medal in that. I've got a PhD in getting over offenses. Because I tell you, when you're a pastor and you're pastoring thousands of people, people are going to try to offend you. And I have learned how to get over it. And I want to share with you how to do that. So write this down as big number two. And that is when offended, push that out of the way. When offended, this is so simple. Forgive. How? As God forgave you. Forgive. How? As, like God forgave you. Listen to Colossians 3 again. If any of you has a grievance against someone, here's what you do. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, everybody heads up. Because the word forgive simply means to cancel the debt. In other words, somebody's done something to offend you, but you're saying to that person, listen, I'm not going to hold this against you. You don't owe me anything. I'm canceling the debt. I forgive you. I'm not after retribution. I'm not out to get even with you. I forgive you. I forgive you. You see, this is how God forgave you. you. You see, every time you sin, you offend God. You offend him. And here's why you offend him. You, You offend him because you choose to believe Satan and not God. You choose to go with Satan and not God every time you sin. For example, when, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, God said to them, he said, look, you can eat of every tree of the gar- in this garden. There are thousands and thousands of trees. They're all yours. Have at it. I created it for your joy. But there's this one tree. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of that tree. That was the word of God. Satan slithers up and says, nah, God, God's not telling you the truth. If you eat of that, your, your eyes will actually be open." you'll actually experience great things. You see, God's a killjoy. God's withholding good from you. By the way, that's always been Satan's lie, has it? If you go with God, you're going to miss out. If you go with God, you're going to miss all the fun. And that was the lie that he was selling to Adam and Eve. And who did Adam and Eve choose to go with? Satan. They basically said to God, God, we hear what you're saying, but we're going to go with Satan on this one, God. We're going to follow Satan on this one, God. Folks, what an offense to a holy God. What an affrontery to God. And yet, every time you and I sin, we do the same thing. We basically say, God, I'm going to go with Satan on this one. But here's what I love. Every time you and I sin, God forgives us. Every time we sin, God says, I cancel the debt. You don't owe me anything. I'm not out to get even with you. I cancel the debt. But here's what I love even more. God not only chooses to forgive us and cancel the debt, but he chooses to forget the offense. 
In fact, listen to what he says in Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Listen to Jeremiah 31. God says, for I will forgive their wickedness and, and I will remember it no more. Translation, God was saying to us, I totally get over your sins. In fact, I get over your offenses, God is saying. He's saying, I get over your offenses so much that I not only forgive your offense, I choose to not even remember it. I choose to forget that you even offended me. God totally gets over it. Now, everybody heads up because this is our model for getting over it and getting on with your life when you're offended. The Bible says, as God forgave you, this is how you're to forgive other people. How do you do it? Write this down as A and B. You want to get over it? Here's how you get over it. Make a decision to forgive your offender. In other words, just cancel the debt. Just say in your mind, that person doesn't owe me anything anymore. I'm getting beyond this. And by the way, cancel the debt, forgive the person fast. Get over it quickly. In other words, don't wait for them to even ask for forgiveness. You go ahead and forgive them. B, make a decision to remember the offense no more. Make a, a decision to remember the offense no more. Now, when you and I read that, there's something in us, it's in you, it's in me, that sort of pushes back on that. And the reason we push back on that is because we think God wants us to forgive our offender for the sake of the offender. In other words, we think God wants us to forgive them to let them off the hook. But folks, that is not the point. God wants you to forgive your offender, not for their sake, but he wants you to forgive them for your sake, for your well-being. And here's why. Write this down as big number three. I'm almost finished. Forgiving empowers you to get over it so you can get on with it. Let me say that again. Forgiving empowers you to get over it so you can get on with your life. He might be saying, Rick, what do you mean by that? Well, listen, nobody gives us a better example of this than Jesus at the cross because Jesus was on a mission for God. And listen, his success demanded that he get to the cross. This was the finish line for him. He had to get here and literally say, it is finished. I made it to the finish line. But folks, have no illusions. Satan wanted to trip Jesus up with offenses to the point that he wouldn't be able to make it to the cross. Satan wanted to use the offenses of the Roman soldiers. And let me tell you, they offended Jesus in ways that were unthinkable. And Satan wanted Jesus to get offended and tripped up, and retaliate and not get to the cross and do what he had come here to do. And so what did Jesus do? The Bible says he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, folks, think about it. When Jesus said, Father, 
He's looking down at them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. They had not asked him to forgive him, them. They, they were not down there saying, Jesus, we're so sorry. We didn't, we didn't know what we were doing at this point. We wish we could take you off the cross. No, no, no. They never apologized to him. In fact, they offended Jesus from the start of his arrest all the way to the crucifixion. And again, what Satan wanted to do was to use the offenses that the, the soldiers threw in front of Jesus to trip him up so that he would not finish what he had come to do. And so every offense that Jesus faced, and boy, they just kept bringing him. He literally had to get over it. Here's some ways they offended Jesus. First, they offended Jesus racially. When they called him king of the Jews, that was, that was like a racial slur. But did Jesus get offended? No. You know what he did? He just, he just got over it. He just got over it. And then they offended Jesus with, with, with slander. They slandered his name. They mocked him. Did Jesus get offended by the slander? No. He just got over it. Why? Because he wanted to keep getting on with his mission and keep moving toward the cross. Then they offended him with abuse. They physically, emotionally abused him. Did, did he get offended by that and lash out at them? Did he say, hey, I've had enough. I'm going to call 10,000 angels and just wreck you people? No. Jesus just got over it. Why? He was moving towards his destiny. They offended him with embarrassment. They stripped him naked before the world. Did he get offended by that? And you would think that would be offensive. He didn't. He just got over it. Why? He was moving towards his destiny. They offended him by lying about him. They said he's here to cause an insurrection, to overthrow the Roman Empire. Did Jesus defend himself? No. He just got over it. Why? Because he was moving towards his destiny. They offended him with mockery. They put a crown of thorns on his head and said, Hail, King of the Jews. They slapped him. They pulled his They did all these things. And Jesus just kept getting over it. Why? So he could get to the end and do what he was here to do. Not get held up in his past, but to move towards his future and to finish the assignment that God had given him. With each offense, he chose to just get over it. And he forgave the unforgivable, and he forgot the unforgettable. Why? For the sake of his offenders? Did he forgive them to show mercy? Maybe. Maybe he was that merciful. But most of all, he forgave and he forgot so that he could get on and finish his mission. A child of God, listen, God has great things in your life. He has great plans in your life. But if you have unforgiveness in your heart and you will not forgive and forget, I'm just telling you, it's going to trip you up. It's going to stop you. It's going to interfere like tripping over the hurdles and you'll never make it to the finish line. You see, Jesus knew that in three days he was going to rise from the dead. <laughs> 
Jesus knew that he was never going to die again. And Jesus knew that God's future was much bigger than any offense that anybody had given to him in his history. Jesus did not let the history of offenses block the big and amazing future that God had for him. And so to get there, he chose to get over it. He chose to forgive the unforgivable and to forget the unforgettable so that he could reach his destination. The promise of his future far outweighed any offense in his history. Listen, you and I can get over it the same way just by saying, just by thinking, God, I forgive. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna cancel that debt. And God, I'm gonna choose not to remember that. I'm gonna choose to forget it. Why? Not for that person's sake, but for my own sake, so that I can do what I've been put here to do. I wanna close with this. When I was in college, seminary, I, I was always looking for places to preach so that I could learn. And I would preach anywhere. I preached on the streets. I preached in prisons. I preached in pre-release centers. I preached to students. But by and by, I ended up preaching at this nursing home. And it was a nursing home for old women. There were about 50 old women in this nursing home. And I literally, for three years, became their pastor. And every Sunday after I got out of church, two o'clock, I would go out to this nursing home and there would be these 50, these 50 old women, and there were about 50 of them. And I remember I would walk in, and for some reason, they'd be sitting in a circle. And for some reason, they would have the lights out, and all the curtains closed. And I would turn on all the lights, and I'd go around and open up all the curtains, get some light in the room. And then I would go around to each older woman, and I would kneel down to them, and I would say, I love you. I would do all of these. I would go around, I'd say, I love you, I love you. But there was this one older lady Every Sunday, I would kneel down and I would say, I love you. And she would look at me and she would say, I hate you. Every Sunday, I would say, I love you. And she would say, I hate you. And so I found out from the other ladies, they would tell me, oh, she's just mean. She's just hateful. She never comes out of her room. She comes to church, but she is just a mean old woman. That's the way they viewed her. And so one Sunday, I was preaching this, pretty much this very message, even with the illustration that I used of the hurdles. And I was talking about forgiveness. And as I began to talk, I saw this older lady, and she began to weep. And she had this one tissue. She only had one tissue. And it was literally disintegrating because her tears were was just tearing it up. She was crying so much. And so when the message was over, church was over, all the older, older ladies left, they went somewhere, and she stayed there, and she just sat there. And so I walked over, and I sat down beside her, and I put my arms around her. And she began to unfold this horrible story to me. She told me that three years before, her husband had passed away, and she was a widow now. But he had left her with a home that was paid for and a sizable amount of money in the bank. However, her children, her kids, came to her and in the name of taking care of her said, give us the house, the, 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 
the ownership of it, and give us the money, and we will use that to take care of it. So she signed all of that over to them, and they summarily put her in this nursing home, and she said she hardly ever sees them anymore. And folks, she began to tell me, she said, I have hated them for these three years. She said, every day, I just feel this hatred in my heart, and I not only hate them, I hate people around me. It's just, it's, it's affected everything. And she said, I have these imaginary conversations in my room where I'm just telling my kids off and I'm telling them how much I hate them and how much they have mistreated me. And she said, it has just, she said, to use your word, it's, it's just stopped me from going forward. And she said, while you were preaching, she said, I made the decision to just cancel their debt. I don't want to hold it against them anymore. They don't owe me anything. She said, I, I want to cancel it. I want to forgive them. And she said, I want to forget it because it's killing me. She says, it's stopping me. And she said, I, I, I want to get this bitterness out of my heart. And I, I, want to, I want to just cancel that debt. And I'll never forget, she said, she said, you know what? She said, I actually play the piano. She had very bad arthritis. I remember her fingers were like this. She said, I, I play the piano. I've got arthritis. She said, but I play a pretty good piano. And she said, I want to start serving. And folks, every Sunday for about two and a half years, I would come in. She and I would sit down, pick out hymns from the hymn books that they had. And I always remember she, her fingernails were a little bit longer. When she played the piano, I could hear her fingers clicking on the, on the keyboard. But she played for the next three years pretty much, two and a half years. And then I left and went off to school. But she got her joy back. She got her life back. Why? Because she basically forgave the unforgettable and forgot the unforgettable. But she got over it. She went on with her life. So can we. I want to give you three, three quick bullet, bullet points to help you remember how to get over it. Here they are. Number one, realize offenses are inevitable. They're going to come. You're going to be offended. But being offended is a choice. You can, people will offend you, but it doesn't mean you have to become offended. Secondly, when you're offended, forgive quickly and don't wait for an apology. Just do like Jesus. I forgive you. Why? So I can get on with my life. So I can get out of the past and embrace my future. Forgive quickly. And then number three, keep your eye on your destiny. Keep your eye on your destiny. God has a destiny. God has a mission for you in this life. But even more than that, your final destination is the new earth. We always talk about that. God has a plan for you. He's going to take you to a whole new world. And we'll live there forever without sin and suffering and pain and disease and death. And then number four, when you're offended, press toward the mark. Paul said, forgetting that which is behind, I look forward to that which is ahead. And I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Well, folks, I hope this helps you. I want to give you one more note before I say goodbye. Um, we're going to be starting a brand new series called Marriage on the Rocks. And we're going to be talking about our marriages. And we know that during these times of coronavirus and we're all quarantined, our marriages can get on the rocks. And so we're going to do this series that's going to be helpful to your marriages. And to prepare for that, we're going to be taking prayer requests, prayer requests for our marriages. And I want you to send those prayer requests in to pray at cfmiami.org. Well, Christ Fellowship, I love you all. Thanks for 
joining us this week. See you next time. God bless.